we made some t-shirts. T-shirts. So we didn't actually make them. We got somebody else to make them. Teespring.com. That's right. And if you want your Curioso shirt, you can go to teespring.com backslash Kentucky Meat Shower. And what is a Kentucky Meat Shower, you say? You'll have to listen. You'll have to listen to the episode. But you have until August 13th to buy this shirt, and then that'll be it. That is as long as the offer is out. We've got regular tees available, v-necks, self-wicking sport tees. Wick away the moisture. That's right. Tank tees and girl cut tees available. So something for you ladies as well. Mm-hmm. Besides our manly voices. That's right. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, Curiosos, listen, and you will hear about the Kentucky Meat Shower and all kinds of other things. And go get this shirt. Christopher Scarborough. And I'm Joe Taylor. And welcome to the Curioso Podcast. All right, so we just opened, well, Chris just opened a can of, I don't know how old that is, green boiled peanuts. They're not old. I just bought them a little while ago. But okay. they're for hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Right. Yeah. Uh, for this episode, which is about shrubs and switchels. Shrubs and switchels. <laughs> shrubs and switchels. <laughs> I think that's how the names became what they are. Like, they just got mi- mixed up. Mixed because they were so trashed, they couldn't pronounce. Well, you know, come on now. We're talking like like the mid-17th century. We're talking like a lot of farmers missing a few teeth. You know what I mean? They were saying shushwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwishwish
the resident <laughs> parasite expert. Yeah, right. And you also cooked the haggis last time, I did. so <laughs> and yeah. I cook haggis. Yeah, so I it's mean, it's like everything you want. In yeah, life. <laughs> everything you want parasites. in marriage. <laughs> right. That's right. I love you. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? <sighs> <laughs> That's perfect, Dana. <laughs> okay, so shrubs. Okay, what a shrub is. Um, it's like by the side of the road. Yes. No. These it's a, like a like a box. What do they call that? <laughs> like a box shrub. Box shrub. Right. Yeah. Boxwood. Boxwood. That's what I'm thinking of. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. No. They no. smell like pee sometimes, like when they start flowering. <laughs> like azaleas. Oh, azaleas. Is they, that a shrub? That's a shrub do, as well, right? I believe like so. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but when it, when it comes to this, this these drinks, it is a a syrup, mm-hmm. okay, um, and a switchel is a complete blended drink. It's the whole package, baby. Right. So the shrub just is just the the syrup, and it's usually okay. it's usually fruit based. Mm-hmm. And both of these drinks have main ingredient is vinegar. Well, I wouldn't say it's the main ingredient, but it's the it's, one that ties them all together. Yes, it is the defining ingredient. The though. defining ingredient, ingredient, not necessarily the main ingredient, because use, water would be the main ingredient. Yeah, but you can use bitters or grenadine or anything as as a you know an additive to a uh, you know virgin soda drink mm-hmm. or a you know alcoholic cocktail. Yeah, uh, but with these guys. Vinegar is the key ingredient. So I have a question. Was vinegar used because I'm guessing it was probably cheaper at the time, easier to make? Well, I, th- from what I understand, generally during, you know, you're talking like the 1800s, things like that, it was very hard to come by certain things such as lemons, which mm-hmm. would be your typical acidity in, in you know, right. in a drink. Or yeah. what now... Right around now, we drink things like Gatorade. We drink things like lemonade. And these mm-hmm. are refreshing summer drinks. And they also so, have high in vitamin C mm-hmm. and, and, and And they're acidic yes. also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they have potassium and they have, they have uh, also they have these electric lights and things like that. Electric lights? Electric, <laughs> I said electric. Sweet. Electric, electric lights. <laughs> well, if you throw, if you throw like a... You know, you throw a LED in there. Crave. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. It's what plants crave. That's right. It's they what don't, plants crave. Yeah. They don't crave electric lights. <laughs> <laughs> I think plants actually do crave electric lights if they have no sunlight. Okay. But anyway, so yes, el- electrolytes. So, it, you know, you, you're replenishing, you know, all that stuff so you can, what, retain water, right? Right. So, so back in, uh, you know, that kind of time period, uh, it was very hard to get lemons unless you were, you know, say out in the homestead in California where you could grow them. But right, you have to be in, in the right place yeah, where lemons to grow. Them. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you didn't get a whole lot of citrus necessarily, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they were these drinks, which was and shrubs and variations of them, they were even used in the War of 1812 on ships mm-hmm. to substitute for that vitamin C deficiency with not being able to carry... Scurvy. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, they didn't want to get scurvy. So yeah. this is a substitute for having fresh fruits and vegetables. They would have... I mean, not they wouldn't always put, you know... That's right, because once you put vinegar in it, it becomes shelf-stable. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, basically, yeah. You, you can keep it shelf-stable for, for months, mm-hmm. if, if not possibly years. Like, vinegar itself... And uh, I, I'll talk a little bit about this later when we get more into just plain vinegar. But vinegar itself is is basically has an infinite shelf life. 
it can stay there as vinegar. Now it might change. It might the the, the it might look a little bit different because of some you know sediment or something like that. It might change color, but it change it will it almost has an infinite shelf life. Right. In the meantime, Joe, while you're looking that up, I'm going to try a boiled peanut because I cannot help myself. A boiled peanut. A boiled peanut. Look at that. Look at that. It's all juicy and oh, peanutty. Especially gross oh, about that. So oh, so yeah, good. <laughs> really? How, yeah, how are you guys not excited by this? It looks disgusting. It looks like can like of peanuts floating like in liquid. No, it looks like you're like in dissecting liquid. like squirrel testicles out of the, they're, out they're of the sack or something. Yeah, but they look... That one doesn't look very good. They look <laughs> veiny, taste great. veiny and oh. wet. <laughs> Well, they're 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 green peanuts. Okay. What is so, there a difference? The reason why I decided to bring the boiled peanuts along is because I figured we're drinking these very rural drinks, right? So, boiled peanuts just seem like a very rural food. You know, you get that a lot in the South, things like that. So, it just seemed like the kind of thing like a farm hand would would chew on and eat. You know, so I thought it would be a I thought it would be a good. Uh, you know, a good uh, go-to with all the salt and the brine. We are talking about the, the difference between shrubs and switchels. Uh-huh. Uh, the major points that I could, I could discern from doing the research, shrubs are almost primarily fruit-based. Okay. So, like we were saying, the, you know, the American rural farmer, um, you know, 18-something, uh, up to the 1900s, they would use pretty much what they grew, and yeah, the stuff yeah. they couldn't eat. What well, they had couldn't available, sell. yeah, couldn't <laughs> you know? eat, couldn't sell. They would, of course, use it for something else. So it played a huge part in in making, you know, punches and cocktails and drinks and, and tons of other stuff. Uh, switchels, almost none of them contain fruit. Yeah, they don't. They're 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 more like sugarcane, molasses, honey, that kind of thing. Ginger, like spices mm-hmm. and stuff. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. no fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shrubs are, like we said, they're they're a syrup made with vinegar. So it's it's a you know, a uh, almost like a simple syrup that has you know fruit based and vinegar based stuff, and you can kind of. Mess around with the, the levels of you know sweetness or tartness depending on how much you put well, the, in. The vinegar gives it that kind of acidity. It gives it that bite. Right. So that's right. what that's what makes it so good. Um, but also you know the the a lot of like f- people that grew fruit, they grew apples, they grew things mm-hmm. like that. So so you take the best looking apples, right. you sell them at the market, you right. sell them in the farmers market, and the you, you sell secondary them, apples, the that ones that don't look so great, got a couple of worms. You, you eat it. You, you eat. Yeah, but then, mm-hmm. but it's just like you know, if anybody who has ever like had a zucchini plant, right? Right. You, you you know, just grown a garden. It's the same exact thing. You got a zucchini plant. You know, the first time you're like, oh yeah, squash and zucchini. Let me cut some up and fry <laughs> it. And then like you know, after you eat that for a week, you're like, okay, well let me just uh, make some zucchini bread. You know, so that'll right. be good. So you make some zucchini bread. Right. And then by like the fourth, fifth week, you're like, holy, I got a lot of zucchini, man. <laughs> then you just right. start giving it away. And you're like, you just take this, just do something. You it for compost and yeah, and, because you you get so tired of it, and right? And these, basically, that's what happened. You know, mm-hmm. they they would, and, and there was also the um, the problem with no refrigeration. Mm-hmm. So lots of stuff was pickled, 
dried, preserved jams, jams, jellies, jellies yeah, that, fruits, that kind of veggies thing. Yeah. were all Any, pickled. Anything apple cider vinegar, mm-hmm. you know, uh, ap- making apple cider, mm-hmm. making apple jack. Yeah, right. Yep. Like you know, uh, mm-hmm. one of our favorite favorite drinks. Yeah, um, you know, anything that you can do something with it so it doesn't spoil. Right, right, and it'll last a heck of a lot longer. Yeah. So I just want to mention that Joe is moving in for his first boiled peanut. He's never had one before. He's going to give it a shot. His hands are a little greasy. Don't All right, Joe, here we go. Here oh, we go. It's going into the mouth. Don't like do a, it. Don't do it. It's got like a weird peanut placenta. Oh, that's like the inside. Like the, the point. The, it's usually red when they're like, uh, you know, normal peanuts. What? What do you think? Ver, a, very mushy. Yeah, well, they're boiled. So they're great, right? <laughs> right? Um, no. What? They're awesome. What are you talking about? They're I, so good. They're salty. Like the, they're delicious. I like the pickly saltiness of it. The um, brine, yeah. The brine, that's, yeah. Um, however, I, it is so similar to, like, a briny, uh, like, bean. You ever had, like, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, chickpeas? In, mm-hmm. Like yeah. in the yeah. brine, yeah, when it, you they're kind of like, can. Yeah. like soft, and that's what it reminds me of. I mean, yeah, they're a, awesome. A legume is a legume is a legume, but you know. Oh, I guess I, if you like shelled a few and threw it in your salad, that actually probably would be pretty good. Mix it up with some hummus. Absolutely. I don't know if you could make boiled um, boiled peanut hummus. No, no, I'm saying add some to the chickpeas. Yeah, but wouldn't it be good just to make boiled peanut hummus? Possibly. I don't know. Well, let's give it a it's shot. It's a little too salty. <laughs> okay, so um, basically we're talking about shrubs. We're talking about switchels. Now, in some of my research in switchels, I came across a stuff called oxmel. Oxmel is kind of the precursor to all of these. And okay. it goes back to our old friend, uh, Hippocrates. <laughs> oh, Hippocrates. Yeah, Hippo- Hippocrates. Right. So Hippocrates, um, he prescribed this drink. He was he he was very fond of it, and it was called oxmil. Now, basically, what it is, it's uh, one part vinegar to four parts honey. Okay. So you're mixing vinegar, you're mixing honey, you're putting them together, How and then you're drinking. How many flies do you catch it. with that? I think quite a few. <laughs> I think quite a few. Oh, you know, that's All really funny. Them. Is we were we, we we had a problem with some fruit flies because we had a lot of fruit in our house, mm-hmm. and um, if you take apple cider vinegar, you put it in a little can, and you put some holes in the top, mm-hmm. put the vinegar in the bottom, they can fly in, get to the vinegar, but they can't fly out. And for some reason, fruit flies really like vinegar. Don't know why that is, mm. but apparently you can catch fruit flies with vinegar more so than you can with honey. See? Yeah. Didn't know. Yeah, you can catch uh, <laughs> flies with vinegar, apparently. As the saying so, goes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, yeah, he was very fond of this mixture, and uh, this is, you know, and, you know, and there's ideas that they might have taken this mixture and, and tried to, you know, like, turn it into alcohols and things like that. But, um, you know, it, it, was, it was energizing, it was cooling, and that is kind of like the precursor to a switchel or a shrub. Okay, the, the drink itself. Because mm-hmm. we've had vinegar for thousands of years. Yeah, but mixing the honey with the vinegar, ah, okay. so you have that sweet, sweet and, and sour. sour kind of mixture. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, and I have a pretty awesome uh, uh, webpage on the show notes that you guys can read so about that. So did the, the shrubs usually have honey also, or no? Well, that, well you, you were saying, Joe, they're mostly fruit-based, right? Fruit-based. So you have, you have lots of sugars in, in most fruits. Right. Um, now, you can vary your recipe 
and add, you can add, you know, white sugar, molasses, um, cane sugar, whatever sweetener you want right. to, to bolster that sweetness. Um, sometimes adding sugar to certain fruits helps bring that flavor out. So it really, it's all based on taste, really. Right. You know, uh, the few recipes that I saw and the, you know, uh, oh, if you guys don't know, uh, we actually brought uh, some drinks to try. Uh, me and Chris both, Chris made a switchel. I made two different uh, shrub syrups, mm-hmm. and we've got some different liquors and things that we're going to try and uh, hopefully be able to uh, hallucinate, hallucinate um, the, the taste and what we think of them. And uh, also, we brought them along so we can wash down these boiled peanuts. Right. But, yeah, back to that. Uh, the one recipe I did, not as much sugar as the other one. Yeah, so, it looks thicker. It, yes, it is a lot thicker. So we, um, so okay. I had said that the that the ox mill was kind of like a precursor to the switchel. Mm-hmm. There is something that is I, a postcursor, the son of the okay. switchel. I, what is the word for that? The further on down the line, you know, guy. You all right? Something maybe I, little help. Yeah. No. Yeah, okay. All right. So about. yeah, go ahead and leave that in, Joe. Um, <laughs> it's called the swizzle. Okay, now like uh, a stick. Yes, oh. exactly like the swizzle stick. Mm. And in fact, and a lot of people that this was really big during like the '60s and things like that. Right. And then once it hits about the '90s, we all just went ah, swizzle sticks, whatever. Right, but right. I mean, you could find They're making them, a comeback. They are making a comeback, and you can find I them. At your, I, we went to the dollar store. And I saw some that had a little pink flamingo on the top, and they're swizzle sticks. Nice. What are swizzle sticks? Well, Dana, <laughs> I actually, I, I le- will tell you what a swizzle stick is. Legitimately, don't know. A swizzle stick is a is a is a a, speci- is a little stick that you can stir your drink with. Right. So it's kind of like what a, they gave you before the cocktail straw. Right. And, and it what the purpose was, it was to be able to blend your drink. Yes. So, because some liquors and some uh, components of cocktails don't blend well, it, you can sit there and layer them in you yeah. know, some drinks and you'll have, mm-hmm. you know, separate layers uh, because of the viscosities and stuff. Yeah. So, a swizzle stick is basically like a handheld whisk. It's like a little tiny whisk and it's a stick with some sort of thing on the bottom. You sit there just... And, and you your stir your drink up. up. Yeah. But uh, what was kind of cool was, and it was kind of a little kitsch, was that you would get different swizzle sticks from different bars and clubs that you went to. Right. So you would have one from the Cabana. You would have one from the, you know, so you would have one from different places. But it has its, you know, it has kind of its roots in uh, the Caribbean. Okay. Where they would take rum, sugar from their sugar cane, because the Caribbean is, is lousy with sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Okay. They would take sugar and they would put it with, with water. Okay, it was. I believe it was about six parts water, one part rum. Throw a little bit of ice into it. Throw a little bit of sugar into it, and then they would take a branch from the allspice tree. The allspice tree had a very aromatic smell to it. Mm-hmm. They would strip the bark from it, and then it had little kind of points, like almost like a fork. Okay. Um, and they also, to this day, call the allspice tree the swizzle stick tree. Huh. And they would uh, take it, chop it off, and you basically. Uh, do you remember in the second Karate Kid? Uh, okay. Yeah. You remember the little drums they put in their hand uh-huh. and they switch it back and forth. Yeah, I've got one. And it would, yeah, and yeah. it would go boop, 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 little kata drums. Yes. Okay. You basically do the swizzle stick just like that. You put mm-hmm. it in between your hands, you roll it, 
and it would froth up your drink. Yeah. So it would also cool it off. If you didn't have ice, it would cool it off because it would you, it would aerate, aerate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, and that was called the swizzle, and that was the name of that alcoholic drink. Hmm. And you can still make them today. Um, so you, you know, basically gives it a good nice froth on the very on the very top of it. So right. and that is kind of uh, that is that came from the the uh, the switchel. It's kind of like the name from from that. Uh, also, in the Caribbean, a lot of the times uh, when they were cutting the sugar cane, things like that, they would also make the haymaker's punch or the switchel, mm-hmm. and that was that was kind of one of the drinks that they had to keep themselves cool. Yeah, it's a very old recipe. Uh, it, I mean. There's ideas that it came from Nova Scotia and other different places, that, that, um, but it's called the switchel. Some people use lemon juice. Some people use, uh, you know, when you don't have lemon juice to give you that acidity, mm-hmm. that's what the vin- where the vinegar comes into play. Right. So, and that's what I found with most of these is that it was all basically substitution because people mm-hmm. couldn't get, uh, you know, acidic fruits. Can't or, get lemons, yeah. Right, right. So that was readily available. Boom, done. Now mm-hmm. you've got your acid. Um, even with the um, with the the shrub, that the word actually comes from from an Arabic word. It's like sarbet, mm-hmm. which is uh, another word for syrup. Oh, okay. And that's where we we also get the term for sorbet. Oh, sorbet and yeah. shrub. So, but that was the they had they all they had acidic fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were kind of mixed in, but when they started using vinegars and stuff, it could make it last longer on trips and things like that. So it's very, very, very similar uh, with the history of the, the Switchel. So uh, with, with Switchel, um, some say that it was brought from the West Indies. Others say it was, the, you know, the Amish communities that mm-hmm. were drinking it, uh, like, I, like I was saying about the Caribbean. Yeah. So I think, I think it's kind of one of those... So, yeah, it's basically one of those things where they kind of invented the same thing in different places. Well, yeah, I mean, in China, they drank, or you know, at that time and before that time, mm-hmm. they were using vinegars for medicines. Yeah. You know, so all throughout different cultures and different times, we've been using vinegar for either medicinal reasons or um, to help cool you off, to keep you full of uh, vitamin C's and other stuff like that. So, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of seems like everybody's evolution of, of these modern-day drinks kind of followed the same path. Mm-hmm. You know, it was either because of the heat or the, the crops or this or that, but they had one thing that was stable, i.e. vinegar, mm-hmm. and that kind of just made its way through the cultures. Well, also, uh, with the with the switchel too, one of the one of the also one of the other ingredients that you have in it another defining ingredient in it is is the ginger that's a big one yeah yeah and the reason why they specifically use ginger is it has that kind of burning bite right oh yeah so the, what what was really cool the about faux it alcohol flavor. yes yes yeah. it, it kind of gave you that bite and especially during the temperance movement and during mm-hmm. prohibition you wanted something with a little bit of bite and it kind of kind of gave you that feel like you're drinking you know you're drinking a good beer you're like drinking a, you well, know a, you know a cocktail your your ginger beers mm-hmm. that were like you go to your your local soda jerk you know, during Prohibition, and you could get a ginger beer. It would have that 
bitey, you know, yeah, that kind of feel, yeah, throat feel. And the same with root beers. Root beers back then, they were a little bitey. So, uh, you know, some of the typical other ingredients in the Switchel are uh, a lot of times they would use honey for a mm-hmm. sweetener. They would use molasses for a sweetener. Uh, in Vermont, where they are actually reviving Switchel and they're making it there again now and okay. bottling it and bringing it to, to uh, Brooklyn, like Williamsburg, Brooklyn, things like that, okay. um, they used, uh, of course, you know, Vermont, you've got uh, maple, maple syrup. Yeah. So, you know, um, now in the switch that I made, I did use maple syrup for the sweetener. From Canada. And yeah, because when uh, Dana and I went to Canada for our our anniversary, so uh, when we went to Canada, we brought some maple syrup home, and that's what I used for our sweetener because I couldn't get any Vermont syrup. So I'm using foreign syrup here. So Uh I hope it's not, yeah, (laughs) I hope it's not going to be a problem. So I know we're drinking an all American drink. So So that's the thing. It's not, I mean, it, it is uh, as American as anything else is American mm-hmm. to me yeah. because it, it comes from this, the, the whole drink itself and the use of vinegars as, as, as these cooling, medicinal, whatever drinks, whatever you want to call them, they come from other countries. Yeah. And they were, you know, picked up by sailors and travelers and, and uh, you know, salesmen and tradesmen. And they made their way over here, mm-hmm. just like everything else, you know, apple pie, baseball, all that stuff, all came from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and use Canadian maple syrup. Well, I, I think that's I, and I did. Perfect. So I think you know. that makes it American. <laughs> so um, also, I wanted to mention the the whole reason why switchels and shrubs aren't really drank anymore. Or one of the reasons why they're kind of like a lost cocktail or a lost drink mm-hmm. is because of the, like you were talking about, the soda shop. Yeah. So you have the soda shop. You have Coca Cola coming along. You have mm-hmm. all these. Uh, you know. You have. Uh, you know. Pepsi Cola. So these were kind of like medicinal drinks or or just good old farm drinks. But right. you know, people. You know, you talk about you know the 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 vitamins, the potassium that are in vinegar and the reason mm-hmm. why ingesting it is good for you. People still drink it today. They take a cap full of, of vinegar every single day to keep right. you know their bowels flowing because of the bacteria and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, this was in that drink constantly. And then people right. eventually switched to Pepsi-Cola, which had Pepsid, mm-hmm. right, you know, to help settle the stomach. Right. Uh, Coca-Cola had, you know, trace amounts of cocaine. Which helps which settle the help stomach. Settle the stomach and, and pick <laughs> really it up. It settle right? a lot of things. <laughs> so, so, you know what I mean? You had, you had, all these different sodas and, and things that took over. Right, but you then know? after, after you know, the revolution of, of machinery and stuff like that, you had, you know, mass packing and, and people could get a bottle of, you know, Coca-Cola mm-hmm. down the street and there was no real need... There the, wasn't a need to make switchel exactly, or, or yeah, exactly. to, and, and so you kind of lost that art. Yeah. So now it's starting to be revived by you know bartenders mm-hmm. and these you know like these basically like cocktail clubs yeah. that are saying, hey, I'm going back to this original uh, you know this original stuff mm-hmm. because you know I, I I was listening to an entire podcast the other day all about bitters and this mm-hmm. dude that only makes bitters you know right. and it was it was awesome mm-hmm. you know he was talking about all these different bitters that he makes and stuff of course that you know that's not switchel and, and shrubs but you know but that's what i'm saying there's these people that are saying i like this you know and so you know maybe you want to call that hipster well no you know? but it's, i don't know it's like but, when we did the the meat episode mm-hmm. you know you have this huge long history spans dozens and dozens of different cultures and 
what's happening now with that is this sort of like renaissance, this you know revival of of those old techniques, yeah. those old flavors, and it's it's delving back into something that was wonderful two, three, a thousand years ago, and bringing it back to people who would never know it existed. And that's what I, that's one of the things that we like, and that's one of the reasons why we did an episode mm-hmm. about Applejack. Yeah. Because it is America's America's liquor. Yeah. Whether people think that that's whiskey or not because of the old Wild West, right. you know, it's not. It yeah. is It is Applejack. Applejack right. is America's first and real liquor. Mm-hmm. So, And that's what I think people should be drinking. Right. When they say a Jack and Coke, it should be an Apple Jack and Coke. <laughs> right. that, I, I mean, it's just it's, but just it's what this, I think. It's the same thing with, with these uh, the shrubs and the switchels, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's Americana. Yeah, exactly. You know? uh, and it's, it's also... You know, uh, international and you know, multicultural. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 tasting everything. And that's kind of cool. I think it's know? awesome. So uh, you after start we breaking into these, yeah. After we get eat another boiled peanut, let's break into these. Can you hear it squish? All right, Joe. What do you want to try first? Dana, um, what do you want to try? Since uh-huh. your Switchel is a ready-made concoction, a okay. tincture. Um, I, I say let's break into that guy. Cool. All right. Well, I brought three little uh, beer tasting glasses. Okay. Now do we need ice. Can I? Let's let's throw a little ice in because I chilled this, but uh, it is starting to get a little warm now. Go ahead. Can Dana. I try mine without the death gin? Oh, well, okay. Wait, well, wait. So that's not that's not a full. There's a no full alcohol. Switchel. No, it is a full switchel. It is absolutely full. Now, here's the thing. A lot of the time. In fact, most of the time, Switcher was drank without any alcohol. True. Okay, yes. So it okay. was drank as a, a haymaker's punch, okay, mm-hmm. without any alcohol. And it was done specifically to drink in the field so that you could, uh, you know, just have the flavor, have something refreshing. So I figured we're all going to try this without any kind of alcohol whatsoever. My hands are sticky with stinky, salty peanuts. Oh, the, the, the nuts? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Stinky, salty nuts. Don't worry about it too much. All right, so we're all going to try this a little bit first without anything, any kind of alcohol in it. Not okay. Just as a basic, normal punch, you know, a haymaker's punch, just as a refreshing soft drink. So, all right, guys. I have to um, say that the... Uh... The vinegar smell has definitely gone away. Well, they say that the vinegar smell and the ginger kind of kind of mellows yes. as, it, mm-hmm. as it sits for several hours. Mm-hmm. So when you make it, you're okay. Let me just. So basically, we crush some ginger. Mm-hmm. We crush an apple. Muddled I put an them. apple in it. Did you muddle uh, them? No, we juiced. We them. actually oh. juiced them. Okay. Yeah, which isn't the isn't the traditional exactly. way. Hey, but it's the exactly. Jack Lane way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is actually the Jack Lane juicer. It is. Yeah. It is. So it's awesome. So an apple, ginger, and uh, what was the other thing that we? Did? Lemon. A lemon. Some uh, part of a lemon. Some okay. Uh, then we added a little bit of honey, a little bit of uh, of, of Canadian maple syrup, okay. and then uh, basically just filled up the rest of the bottle with water. Okay. So that's ba- oh, and of course apple cider, cider vinegar. vinegar. Yeah. Okay. So I used a you know, and I'll have a few recipes up on our show notes. Okay. Yeah. So this is totally different than making a a shrub syrup. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So there, there's really there's there are two fruits in there. You have lemons and apples, but there yes. but it's not a ton of it. It's just to add a little bit of flavor, a little bit of sweetness. But again, notes. it's also those are highly acidic as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess that bol- bolsters the the vinegar. The vinegar acidity. of it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, here we go. Cheers, guys. All right. Freddie Mercury. 
You'll get that one day. <laughs> Woo! Oh, that is that is pretty um, pretty clingy, gingery in the throat. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. It's good. It's good. I think it is good. I think it's amazing. I, it, I tried it earlier, mm-hmm. and like the vinegar smell was so bad that it was sort of hard to drink. Oh yeah. But after letting it sit for a while, it's Kinda. actually a, a lot better. Do yeah. you know what this reminds me of? What's that? Crabbies. It does oh, taste it like crabbies. It does. Beer. Yeah. It, it, like a non-carbonated crabbies. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it definitely But does. that's the thing as well is that um, it doesn't, it's so strange that it, it's, you have the ginger punch, mm. you know, in the back of your throat, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely, I taste a little bit of the vinegar, but it's not too strong. No. So mm. I don't taste any of the apple at all. Mm. I really just get some of the aromatics yeah. of the vinegar as well as some of the lemon. And uh, I, I mean, I think this is awesome. And I seriously would, after trying it my first time, just to make sure I had enough sweetness to it. Yeah. I realized that this is something that I would like to do at home and make a, a nice cocktail. Well, well you, you know the, the whole thing with, with like curries. Mm-hmm. Um, they make you sweat, but that cools yeah. you down. Exactly. Now, this is very refreshing, mm-hmm. but you have that kind of bitey, you know. Bite in the back of your throat. So yeah. I, I can imagine it making you just a little bit of, you know, a little sweaty, a little percolated. Get a little, uh, little, little on tingly. top of your head. Yeah. Little, little beads of sweat. And of course, I think that would do the, you know, the natural AC, you know, thing that curry yeah. does mm-hmm. and it helps cool you down. So yeah, definitely a, a decent summertime drink. Absolutely. So I also oh, brought no. along, um, one of the things that was, was suggested <laughs> in, <laughs> I love Dana's face over here. Yeah. One of the things that was suggested in, um, in, in putting into the Haymaker's Punch was gin. Yes. So I brought a Gilby's, uh, distilled London dry gin. Okay. Along now, uh, this bottle has, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call that? A tax? It's, uh, yeah, I forgot exactly what it's A tax called. stamp, like tax a strip stamp. across the top. State tax and, stamp. Yeah, state, ta- state excise tax. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, in fun, this was given to me by my grandfather, uh-huh. okay? Uh, when my great uncle passed away, he moved in, my grandfather moved into my great uncle's house, and neither of them really drank. So I was over there a few weeks ago for, mm-hmm. I believe, the 4th of July or something. And he said, hey, do you want one of these? Because you can, you know, take it to a party or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, yeah, sure. Because he knows that I, I drink in moderation. Right. And he has no problem with that. But uh, but he so, gifted you some unknown era <laughs> bottle. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, he did. <laughs> so here's, company. So right. we're going to do, we're gonna do the, uh, the test on... How old is my bottle Ooh, that I've found out? Yes, yes. I will put so, the part of Batman. So here we go. <laughs> the health warning label first appeared in November of 1989. Joe, is there a health label warning on that bottle? <laughs> no, sir, there is not. No, so this is before, pre-1989. Okay. Um, if it does not have a UPC code, it is probably from the mid-80s or before. Dana, does that have a UPC um, code? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So we're, we're, uh, we're back before 85-ish. Um, metric sizes began to appear in 19, 1979 to 1980. Um, so if it has metric fluid ounces... Milliliters, liters... Yeah, you're okay. looking at no. 80 or 84. That so what is says the, full court. So that is a full court. So, so yeah, so pre, we're back before 79 at this point. Pre-79. Yeah, okay. okay. I'm keeping count. If your bottle has has uh, the green bottled in bond federal excise tax stamp, it was uh, before December 1982. No, that is red. 
that is red. So we're not sure about that one. Right. It's okay, right. let's move on to the last one. The words federal law prohibited the resale or reuse of this bottle. Does it say that on there, Dana? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. On uh, the bottle. Not... Molded into the glass into the or glass. printed on the label were all required on bottles between 1932 and 1964. Oh, that's on the bottle. That is on the bottle, into the molded bottle. into the glass. So this is pre-1964 gin. Wow. Well, yes. Wow. This is going to light on fire. <laughs> I am not So I have that. absolutely no clue how old this is. A cloud, a, a mist of a, of a skeleton crossbow. Is a genie come. is going to come out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's run. So all I'm saying is this is pre-1964 gin that my grandfather gave to me. Uh, uh, yes, but you're talking 32 to 64. That's, so that's a, a chunk of time. Span. That is a chunk of time. It could it be from 32. It could yeah, be. It, it could, could be. be. It so, looks so, mysterious. Yeah. But I would say that it's probably sometime during the 60s, but, you know, Lord only knows. But we're going to um, we're gonna just crack this open and oh, mix it together God. with this Haymaker's Punch. Hey, all you curiosos out there in podcast land. This is Joe Taylor. I just wanted to let you guys know that we've put up a donation button on our website, thecurioso.com. We know that for the past year, we've had the Amazon link on there, and a lot of people have done a lot of their shopping through our link, which gives us a percentage, and that helps maintain the show. Now with this new donation button, there's no middle. It is a direct donation to the Curioso to help pay for bandwidth, to help pay for equipment, Keep the lights on, basically. This show is a labor of love to us. We enjoy doing it immensely. But we do hope you guys can find it in your hearts to help us keep this show going. So go to our page, Curioso.com. Look there on the left. You'll see a big yellow donate button. Click on that and help keep this show going. All right, guys. Cracking the pre-1964 gin. Here we go. All right. Oh, oh, is that rust? Is it? No, it's not rusty. It's, <laughs> we're good. We're good. All right, here we go. I'm going to pour it into the switchel. Just give a little a little bit. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Give me, give Dana, did that. you want to try a little no. bit? No. Yeah. No. She's like, oh, I, okay. All right. Give me a uh, swizzle stick over there. There you go. All right. Thank you, Dana. Mm-hmm. You right. definitely do need a swizzle with that stuff. Yeah, that's like high like viscosity liquor. So a lot of the time they would take and um, they would mix uh, this haymaker's punch and they would mix it with moonshine. Yes. So, uh, but one of the things that people suggested to me with the aromatics, they said throw the gin in there because the the juniper berries, the you know, is really going to set it on fire. All so. right. Um, then we're gonna have to try the gin by itself. You think so? Yes, I think we should do that first because you, you think. This smells like turpentine. <laughs> I think <laughs> that's actually what gin smelled like oh, in the 60s. I think you're right. I think you're right, Dana. <laughs> you just want to try a little sip of the gin by itself yeah, just without... Give me, give me okay. a splash. Oh, okay. God. Give okay. you a splash. So... Okay. All right. This so way we're we just can... going to do a little a little gin by itself just to... Wow. That smells like nail polish remover. Yeah. Well, uh, let's shoot it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a picture. 
Why is your face so red, Joe? Oh my god. It's really red. That's what gin tasted like in the 60s, buddy. (laughs) I think I'm flooded. Oh my gosh. You flooded out the carburetor. Oh Oh, man. Oh man. That is burning uh, all the way down there. to my rectum. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, yeah, you can really them. feel it. really red. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, mama. All right, so before we... <laughs> all right, so... Before, before we recover, let's before try a switchel. Yeah. Okay. All right, cheers. Dana, you're not you're not sitting out on this one, huh? Yeah, you okay. guys. You guys go ahead. Ooh. Ooh. I can see how that goes well with this. Yeah. Because it does have that astringent gin flavor mm-hmm. and the tart ginger. Mm-hmm. And How they would the go vin- well, yeah. Yes, yes. It, it actually masks that, um, you know, 200-year-old gin uh, <laughs> it's very, very well. <laughs> what, 50, 60 years old now? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. Like, it tastes like it's 200 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, anywhere between 80 and 50 years old. It's good. I think I need yeah. more ginger. A little, a little <laughs> bit more switchel in there. Homemade switchel, buddy. Homemade switchel. And you know what? Because it kind of has been sitting, I think, you know, you're probably having more particles of the ginger down the bottom. Yes. It's so sediment. you might, yeah, the sediment. So you mm-hmm. might start getting uh, a little bit more bite. More bite by oh, the I, end of the, by the, end of the barrel. But no, this is actually very, very pleasant yeah. with the gin. I wouldn't yeah, have thought I, so. I think it, that I could I could probably go to a party and have this. You yeah, know? yeah. I think next time I have a party, I'm gonna make some homemade switchel. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna mix it up with either some of this gin or maybe something else. Yeah. You know, maybe a little bit of Applejack, maybe something different. Mm-hmm. You know, and bring that with me, you know, yeah. to a party and, and and pass it out as cocktails. Maybe for a curry party. Mm-hmm. It's like spicy and that'd be awesome. Yeah. Ooh, I think it's even better when you get a little further down the bottle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whew. So, Dana, I know you were saying that you had a little tick on your throat. How is it after all that ginger? Um, much better. Is it really? <clears throat> yeah. Is, is it actually, actually helping little, it out? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, mean, I was thinking that it might. One of the things that, you know, uh, I used to sing, Chris kind of used to sing. Um, one of the things you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him to catch up on that one. <laughs> You're such a jerk. I'm eating a boiled peanut. <laughs> right. Go ahead. But one of the things that people say to do when you before you sing is, you know, honey and lemon. Yeah. Because yeah. of the acidity and it kind of helps, you know, coat loosen everything. all that stuff That's and coat right. everything. Right. So it, it did help? It did. It did. Oh, see, there it's we go. Nice. We're proving the uh, medicinal it's got, usage. Yeah, medicinal purposes yeah. also. You know what nice. else is coating everything? The grease from these boiled peanuts. Yeah. Is They're it really just grease? grease? It's, it's like, I think it's actually peanut oil. Naturally, it's just the naturally occurring peanut oil because they're boiled. Right, right. So it all, it's all leaked out. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. boiled in a brine. So what it is, it's peanut oil, just like you would cook French fries in. Right. But it's kind of in the brine, so it's all that oil from the peanuts. It's just sort gotcha. of like mixed in, so it's all over your fingers now. Well, my fingers. Yeah, I. Had, I keep on eating them. It's like the the whole crab thing you guys do here. My hands still smell like it. Well, you know, you mentioned that also. Dan and I, a few weeks ago, we went to Natural Bridge, which if you've seen the video, you know about. Joe, you know about it because you edited the video. That's right. Um, <laughs> and uh, and when we went to Natural Bridge, right outside uh, in Virginia, they had a boiled peanut vendor. He was selling, um, uh, what's the kind of uh, popcorn I like? with the Kettle corn. Kettle corn, yeah. sweet and salty mm-hmm. kettle corn, as well as um, some awesome boiled peanuts. But one of the strange things, 
here in Maryland were so used to using Old Bay on everything, uh -huh. he actually had boiled them in Old Bay. Huh. So tons of Old Bay, you know, a little bit of Vigner, whatever he does with it. Right. Um, uh, and it was awesome. They were Old Bay boiled peanuts, and they were amazing. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. I got my next two party favors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gin Switchel and, uh, and uh, boiled Old Bay peanuts. And I just want to note, we are actually drinking drinks with alcohol as well as vinegar in them. Mm-hmm. Which is a little bit strange because um, vinegar is actually made from alcohol. Um, what it is, is when you take, uh, when you take, you actually can take vinegar and you add a, you know, much like you do with uh, yogurt, you add a, a different bacteria and you have a tendency to uh, turn that into vinegar. So like apple cider can come, become vinegar by accident. Um, but you know, when you, when it, it, it turns an alcohol, moves into vinegar, it's actually a two-step process. And I think, think that's a, a very cool very amazing uh, thing that happens. Well, I'm just, I'm looking at Joe and he's adding uh, Jim Beam to a cup and like throwing in one spoon of his, uh, of his shrubbery and his, <laughs> his, his, his uh, shrub mixture, kind of like a, like a grenadine. And uh, I realized, I was like, oh man, that's a lot of liquor for not a lot of shrub. And well, then I realized we're throwing club soda in it too, so. Yes, uh, do you guys have a preference? Club soda or seltzer? Nope. Yeah. Which one care. has quinine? <laughs> I got a lot of mosquitoes around my way. <laughs> right. Probably. Do they help mosquitoes? What? Do they help mosquitoes? No, but it helps keep malaria away. Helps. It helps. It helps, <laughs> it helps keep malaria away. Helps. It sure does. Helps. You know, a recurring theme of this podcast is guests <laughs> making fun of my accent. Yes. I don't that understand. That is not your accent. <laughs> All right, so I suggest everyone take a sip of water. Yep. Cleanse the palate a little bit. So, Joe, uh, you're about to hand out a another a shrub. Yes. So we're going. We're moving from the switchel. So this is blackberries and raspberries. Okay. With a sherry vinegar and um, cane sugar. So. All right. Uh, and that's all mixed together heated, reduced, and then strained. Okay. And that gives you this little concoction here. Uh, I didn't use a lot of sugar because I actually wanted to try to taste the berry and the vinegar more. Yeah, you wanted that more up front. Right, that. right. Yeah. So it, you sh it should, and, and it was suggested with bourbon. You know, another thing that's been around for a very long time is yeah. bourbon. So that's, that's what we're having right now is the berry and sherry vinegar uh, sherry, sherry, sherry berry shrub. That's <laughs> yeah, what should, we're having. We should call it that. Yes. Well, all I can smell so far is the Jim Beam bourbon, <laughs> and that's it. Who? Oh, all right. Drink that. Okay. Well. Uh, all right, guys. All right. Here we go. Shrub it is. Oh. Ooh. What do you think? What am I tasting? It's probably the berry and I'm the vinegar. I'm getting, I, I smell the Jim Beam, do not taste it at all. Smell, just smell the, the shrub syrup. Oh, that's awesome. I really, I get the berries, I get the vinegar up front. Mm-hmm. No, that's just the syrup. Oh, that smells really good. Yeah. So it cuts through that sort of bourbon-y. It totally cuts through it. I don't even taste the bourbon. I smell it, 
Yeah. I smell it. I yeah. don't taste it on my but palate at all. But that's because the alcohol, you know, has that sort of fumey mm-hmm. effect. You yeah. Know? So you're going to still smell it. Yeah, that's amazing. For for how much you really don't, you put in you it. can really smell it, and you really can't taste Cannot it. Cannot taste it. Yeah, absolutely. So, but it's very light, uh, and of course, you can add more. This and is, it's got kind of a fruity aftertaste exactly. now that I'm tasting it. Exactly, yeah, and that's you know, yeah. you can always add more of the the syrup to your drink to make it sweeter, more fruity, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I, think you really need it. Well, it's I don't know. It's, it's a very, completely very Completely cut the burning out also. Yeah, yeah. I'd um, say you added, what, three teaspoons? Mm, more like uh, three tablespoons. Th- three tablespoons. Because the, these are yeah. very small teaspoons, so I, you know, yeah. about six of these little tiny guys, about okay. three tablespoons. So you added three tablespoons. You had, like, a good, what, finger or two of, of, uh, of bourbon in there. Yeah, about, right. about a finger, a yeah. thumb. A thumb, yeah, <laughs> a finger and a half, okay. Right. And then, uh, you know, some just kind of topped it off with club soda. I think, yeah, I think this is an awesome, awesome drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't even like bourbon. I, I, I mean, you know, for how much I, I've mentioned this during the podcast, every all you curiosos should know by now, I am not a fan of bourbon. But yet, this, this is... This is pleasant. This is very pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. It almost reminds me of a, like a Long Island iced tea sort of... Yeah, yeah, like you, know? you can drink two of them. <laughs> right. Like it's Kool-Aid and Dana is already under not second. remember what's happening. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why did I end up on somebody's porch? <laughs> right. That's, so yeah, it's, That's never happened. And I, it, what I found is that with the shrubs, there is a bit of preparation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, getting the, the, the fruits. Um, you can macerate them, I guess, if you wanted to. But basically putting them in a little saucepan with uh, the sugar and the vinegar. And you can do it in different steps. Like some people say just do the vinegar or the water and the sugar first and heat those up and then add the fruit. And some it's like toss it all in the pool and do it all together. But basically you're combining all those things uh, to make a, reduc- you know, a, a reduced syrup. So sweet, fruity, and vinegary. And vinegary. Why is no one else eating these boiled peanuts but me? <laughs> Ah, uh, there's a reason. All right, Joe, so next up, we have, uh, <clears throat> what's going on in the next one? Boiled peanuts. Okay, this guy, this is probably going to be a little sweeter. It is a lot uh, more viscous than, than the other one. Um, and all of these syrups are so pungent. Really? They are very, very pungent. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to keep this as equal as possible so we can figure out, so we have a, a, you know, a control. So that was, what, four? four. So I think that's probably going to be good because it's a lot sweeter. A lot than sweeter, yeah. Um, so, and what, what kind is this one? You, you said that you, it was, that's a lot sweeter. What, what is in this one? Uh, this is peach. Um, okay. And it has two kinds of vinegar. This has apple cider vinegar and some white vinegar. Okay. Now, I used uh, um, the apple cider to kind of give it some flavor, mm-hmm. and the white vinegar doesn't have a lot of flavor, but it it, it does have that, that, that bite. Yeah. So I the used bitter, it. yeah. Yeah, so I used it to cut through a little bit of that, uh, the apple cider vinegariness. Okay. So this is mostly peach. Uh, did mostly you, peach, yeah. and again, I used um, the... the Cane sugar, mm-hmm. uh, just because I like the way that fla- you know, the, the flavor of cane sugar. It just seems to be uh, a little more 
rounded mm -hmm. than just using the white sugar. And what are we using for the uh, alcohol of choice for this one? The alcohol of choice for this one is going to be, you guessed it, Laird's Applejack. Oh, tried and true Applejack. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited. And I just, I like, I've, when I was younger, I've made, you know, uh, apple pies with mm -hmm. peach in it. Yeah. You know, and I like that sort of like peach apple. Play off each other. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it works very, very well. So I thought, um, you know, this would, would be a, a relatively good flavor. To, to pair with it. And peach, a, boiled, with it. a boiled peanut for garnish. Right. No. <laughs> no. These are awesome. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> now, the, I did bring I, I did bring these, uh, the club soda and the seltzer, and as, as I showed Dana earlier with the taste test, uh, the seltzer tends to be a little sweeter. Okay. So uh, if you if you like the sort of martini, like a classic martini, mm -hmm. and you like that sort of dry, uh, almost astringent, bitter flavor in your drinks, mm -hmm. uh, I would I would say the club soda would would be your your go to. Uh, if you want something a little bit more neutral, almost on the sweet side, uh, I would I would definitely say the seltzer. But because we're trying stuff with vinegar and alcohols, I'm going to stick with the seltzer. Okay. So and do you also guys as well, mainly it's to give you kind of like that effervescent. Yeah. Yes. It's to give you that, that kind of soda sort of, yeah. Yeah. The, the bubbles, mm -hmm. the, the bubbles essentially. Now I, I also saw someone, I was watching some videos about shrubs and he was suggesting I pouring, no shrubs. <laughs> he was suggesting pouring a shrub over top of a sparkling wine or a champagne. Champagne? Yes. Yes, uh, and there's also would... champagne vinegars, which mm -hmm. you can use. And, and this is the thing with, with these, the, the shrub recipes, mm -hmm. you can substitute whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, it, it all basically is a vinegar, a fruit and or a vegetable, which maybe carrot or zucchini, because they have some sweetness to them. Yeah, maybe um, even a, a, a tomato. Possibly. You end Ooh, up like a with a vinegar and clamato. Clamato, weird. Chlamydia. What, what is no, that, Frank? No, no, no. Clamato. 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 Whatever. Yeah, but that also has uh, that clams? also has clam in it. <laughs> That's right. It does yeah. also have clams in it. Make a clam shrub. Now, like I said, see how this is a lot, uh, the, the viscosity is a lot thicker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing right now is I'm actually swizzling your drinks. Yeah. Uh, well, with, with the if spoon. you were going to do it properly, you would be uh, yes, but this is a spoon. doing it like a cotta drum. <laughs> right. This is a spoon and it doesn't allow me to do that. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Properly swizzled. Well, I definitely get a lot of that peach off the top. Yeah. Just smelling it and um, I'm getting the vinegar. I don't know. I think I think it is going to be a lot sweeter. I can sort of just tell Dana. just off the bat. Thank you. Just from the smell, you know. Yeah, and like I said, this can be adjusted. So if you guys want it sweeter, mm -hmm. I'll put another spoonful in, you know, and uh, hopefully make the medicine go down. Dana's already mixing up her two her two drinks. So <laughs> right. All right. Here, All right, we, go, here we go, guys. Freddie Mercury. Cheers. Let's <laughs> go for Mercury. the go for the shrub. Oh, this one sounds. Delightful. Oh, hello. That is a lot more sour than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very tart. You, you kept on saying, oh, it's so sweet. It's so it's... sweet. Oh, no, it punched me in the face with sourness. No, here. No, hold on. Put your finger. No, just put your finger on the spoon. Okay. Oh, that is, it's tart and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. 
But you mix it with that, with the uh, the uh, Applejack and a little bit of the seltzer. Yeah. It gives that wonderful little tart. You know what it reminds me of? Um, like a Petrus. Yeah, yeah, like a sour beer? Yeah, smells, like a sour beer. It smells yeah. like a sour beer or mm-hmm. a wine almost. So what do you think? I do. I it's like, like it. It was a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit more sour than I expected it. So I think. I think maybe. Maybe you should have just stuck with the apple cider vinegar. Just my suggestion. True, and that was an experiment. Yeah. You know, I, I did want to cut a little bit of that apple cider vinegar flavor. Yeah. Um, See, which, now that I got a little sip down, it's a little easier to. Uh, to, I think to it's taste. pretty good. Yeah. You like it? Do you like it? Do you I want do. a spoonful? Or are you good? Do you... Yeah, I'll try some more. I'm not trying some more. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, it, it is the, uh, I don't know, it was really fun making it, you know? Yeah, like, I yeah. just took the, uh, the peaches, chopped them, you know, chopped them up, kind of, you know, mashed them a little bit, sugar. <laughs> you know, you, try, you can't just I know, mash but a just, you can't. Well, that's what that flavor is. I know, peach. I know this is an yeah, audio podcast, but the, the, the mash symbol that Joe oh, yeah, gave yeah. with his hand was not the proper <laughs> way. This no, can you just do that over the symbol? table? No, oh, don't. <laughs> it is the proper mashing symbol in my house. So I was yanking so on you mash things. I was yanking on these here peaches. Um, <laughs> so yeah, chop them up, um, macerate them just a little bit to help the cooking process. You, you said macerate. Yeah. Oh, you gotcha. Macerate. Ma- yeah, don't do mash, that hand motion again. Macerate, you know, gotcha. sp- split them yeah. apart. Um, and, you know, almost like stewing them. Not a, not a huge heat. Um, just let them kind of percolate with the, the sugars and the vinegar and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't have any water. Oh, you didn't? No. So there's no uh, water in there the, at all? The recipe was, oh, I think it's like half, uh, half fruit to an entire pint of vinegar. Okay. So, wow. yeah, it's like a half pound of fruit to a, an entire pint of vinegar. That's crazy. To yeah. get to get this that little bit that you yeah. have in that mason jar right there. Exactly. Well, yeah, that's just like a like a what a one one quart half quart mason jar. Yeah, you have? a little half quart yeah. mason jar. So I want to say that next time that I decide to make this switchel and decide to bring it to a party, and this isn't mm-hmm. we're drinking something else now, but when I make the switchel, instead of just adding water. I think that I am going to add like seltzer water to it, mm-hmm. just to give it that effervescence, like you were talking well, about. And I, I think that would make it a lot better. And I think that's why I chose like we decided to kind of do one of each or two of each or whatever. Yeah, I chose to do the shrub because it is just the the additive. It is mm-hmm. it is the syrup, the grenadine, the bitters of yeah. these these old drinks. So you can add the the seltzer or the club soda at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So this is going to go back in my fridge, and next time we want to have, you know, some Applejack or bourbon, I'll put a few spoonfuls of this. And mix it up, yeah. And mix it up. And the thing is also is that because of the vinegar in it, Mm -hmm. it can sit there for six months, maybe almost a year. Yeah. You know, kind of like hot sauce, you know, because it has so much vinegar in it, it can just sit there, which is awesome. Mm. I actually, I, I, I don't know which one I like better. So, Joe, basically all of these drinks, they've got vinegar in them. That's kind of yes. what ties them together. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically the... And, and you know what? All of these drinks also are very inexpensive to make. Mm-hmm. So those are two of the, like, the through lines of, of the shrub and the uh, schwitzel. <laughs> Schwitzel. <laughs> Switchel. So, um, go ahead. What oh, no, I was going to say, it reminds me of when I was younger and... You know, one of my favorite things is pickles. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
pickled anything, really, you know, yeah. olives, uh, pepperoncinis, um, uh, cucumber, anything pickled, I will try. Mm-hmm. And when I was younger, I used to just sip on the pickle juice. I think a lot of kids did. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this, it kind of reminds me just the use of vinegar, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's balsamic, uh, white vinegar, apple cider, uh, sherry, champagne, uh, rice wine vinegar, they all have distinct flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, also, I wanted to mention too that um, the uh, Switzel, uh, Switzel? Switzel, excuse Switch. me. Switchel. The, the Switchel. So actually, also, they do call it Switzel sometimes. Right. Uh, so you have the sw- Swizzle, Switzel, and uh, Schwitzel. Right. So you have, like, a few different names for it. And mm-hmm. they, they're, they're just, they just kind of change, you know. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people probably didn't have front teeth and whistled when they said it. Schwitzel. <laughs> you know, so. Strike, little boy. <laughs> but um, also, a lot of the time, uh, uh, Switzel was used for a hangover cure. Really? Yes. Uh, you know, the, the the day after you drank a lot of Switzel with uh, moonshine in it, you just took a little bit more Switzel and you were you were good to go. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of the things that Dana and I have both discussed is uh, when you have a hangover, one of the things that both of us crave, vinegar. Really? We both yep, love I vinegar the day after. Do. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I'm know sure why that is. is. is yeah. it, is it it's that your body naturally wanting to... That's things that help C. you and that help you sort of detox and get yeah and yeah. since, get since out. alcohol is a two-part process right mm-hmm. it, or rather uh, vinegar is a two-part process you have you have alcohol mm-hmm. okay then uh, w- w- it has a little bit of sugar in it okay mm-hmm. there's a second bacteria that takes over and that second bacteria it turns it into vinegar so they're very very close you know as to what they are okay. That would make sense because the next day you obviously don't want to drink more alcohol. Well, most people probably don't want to drink more alcohol. So you're sort of craving the next best thing. Right. Yeah. And that's why, like, you know, everybody says fried foods and things like that. But things like, you know, fish and chips, you know, when you put Mm -hmm. that malt vinegar on it. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's so, you know, so amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're when you're hungover. But so, you know, any kind of vinegar, uh, wine vinegar, grape vinegar, um, they're all two-fold fermentations, okay? So, you know, you have the grape vinegars, apple apple cider vinegar, that kind of thing. So the second type of fermentation, you it's you have to introduce a different kind of bacteria. So the, those type of microorganisms are called actobacter. Uh, and that, that's the type of bacteria. It's uh, A-C-E-T-O-B-A-C-T-E-R. And yeah. it's Actobacter. And I apologize, we've had a few drinks, so if I'm slurring... It kind of sounds like a transformer. Um, it does, <laughs> yeah. <if> Actobacter. <laughs> so it's a, yeah, it's a certain t- group of bacteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw one guy make mother of vinegar by taking, uh, by taking alcohol, and he left it open for flies to come and get onto it, and right? And poop in it. Well, no, t- touch it with their it. little toes, right? And regurgitate in it. And regurgitate into it. And it, it started making mother of vinegar. Huh? Yes, and that's how he did it. And then he, you, you can actually reach in and pull out these strands, these strings, and that is the strands of Actobacter. So that it's, that is um, the strand, and that is what I mother vinegar is. It's probably Acetobacter. Acetobacter, yeah. Yeah. Acto, that's what I said, Actobacter. Acetobacter. Not that that sounds much better, but I'm pretty sure that's more likely the, the way it's going to happen. Yeah, you're not the me, microbiologist, Dana. Dana. <laughs> Actobacter. <laughs> okay, acetobacter. I apologize. Acrobacter. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so I mean, okay. they can juggle. <laughs> Hippo crates. So, um, so yeah. So you have these strings of bacteria. So if if you say like have a beer or something like that, and it has those kind of strings in it, that means that your beer is turning into vinegar, and you probably don't want to drink it if, okay. unless you want to drink, you know, vinegary beer. Now, but that that's like the, like a skunked beer. That would be like what a skunked beer would be. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So it would have that actobacter in it, acetobacter, <laughs> acrobacter. Yeah. So, but that's basically what mother of vinegar is. You have those those strands of bacteria. You have those like long. So why is it strands. called mother of vinegar? Is, is it that like just because the sort it, of because it creates stage? vinegar? That okay. is why. It's so is that like the vinegar mother or mother of vinegar? Like like yeast. Like when you're making exactly bread like and yeast. You can, when yeah. you have like a a pot of a hundred year old, uh, you know, uh, mother batch yeast, mm -hmm. where it just comes from the same source. Right, you can yes. break a piece off and continue to make bread with it. Right. Exactly. Okay, so it's the, the same, same thing with, with the vinegars. Yeah, okay. it, exactly the same thing. Okay. So you have the, you have the mother, and, and different different mothers will have different flavors. They Well, they call that... Oh, what, yes, they do. You, you know, yeah, oh, oh, Joe. So, no, but oh, seriously, me. though, all of those, all of those different types of bacteria will create different flavors of vinegar. So you can, you know, just so depending kind of, on what they come it's from. It's kind of like the, um, the, the uh, beef. beef. Beer and ye yeast beer. Yeah, yeah. So or, or you French have different cheese, kinds. The, the caves, exactly. cheese caves, mm -hmm. you know, where, where you have different bacteria. It's the same process. It's the same milk. But because it's in this cave and this cave, the bacteria are different. You yes. bring it a completely different flavor of cheese. Exactly. Cool. Exactly. Very so you cool. can get a completely different flavor of vinegar. Of vinegar. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so that's basically where it comes from. So you have that mother vinegar. You you put it into some alcohol. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, beer is usually what you use, and then you you come out with an acetic acid. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you have the acetic acid, and that's that's basically what vinegar is. Now vinegar is much more diluted. And so you, if you buy like scientific acetic acid, you don't want to use that to say pickle or, or, <laughs> right. or make a switchel. You know what I mean? You you want to keep that completely separate because right. it's it's not diluted, and you know what I mean. There might be other well, chemicals in there. I'm sure it depends on what pH. Exactly, like the pH, pH might be too is high. More acidic. Yeah. yeah. Now, one of the other things that they mention is that. Uh, is that get your hand out of your face? Yeah, thanks. Thanks. I caught that a minute later. So, also one of the things that they mention is if you decide to t make mother vinegar and make your own vinegar out of beer or wine or something like that, mm -hmm. you don't want to use that to can or pickle with unless you're sure that's at least ten percent vinegar or I believe there's there's a certain pH, but you you probably want to look that up. Well, <clears throat> with these recipes for the the shrubs that I made, the mm -hmm. shrub syrups. Uh, they had to have vinegar of 5% acidity mm -hmm. or higher. Or higher, yeah. So it has to at least be 5% to make th these uh, yeah. shrubs. And I think, I think it has to be higher when you can or pickle. It has to be about 10%. Yes. So yes. that's, you know, they have a specific kind of pickling vinegar. Yes. So unless you're doing like short pickles where you just keep them in the fridge. Like quick fridge pickles. Exactly, yeah, yeah. which I love to make. We, we yeah. do that, Dan and I do that with hot peppers. Mm -hmm. and I've had them before. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh we've given you some. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, speaking of mother of vinegar, um, and, and speaking of vinegar in general, we had talked about uh, vinegar almost having an infinite uh, lifespan. Shelf life. Shelf life, life. Yeah. okay. But there are certain types of vinegar that um, that could not necessarily go bad, but they could start growing things. 
And that was the that was the major reason why Dana came along. Go ahead. There's there's certain bacteria that can actually live in vinegar. Mm -hmm. The bacteria bacteria that helps produce it. Yeah, the Actobacter, right? (laughs) The the Acrobacter. What is it? Acetobacter? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not really sure, but I'd imagine it's probably Acetobacter instead of Actobacter. Um, But there are worms, a type of nematode. Um, Now, a nematode, what kind of toad is that? Are they the kind that you can lick and you can get, like... No. I, I would not suggest yeah, that. Yeah, they're not the spotted ones. They don't live in trees. They're not like uh, like the like the Australian toads? No. No. Crawlies. They're, they're a nematode. Um, you, you've heard of nematodes, I'm sure. Um, heartworms Whoa. are a type of nematode. Mm-hmm. They are... Uh, most nematodes are parasites. They're mostly parasitic. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a few species that aren't, and one of them lives typically in apple cider vinegar. Really? Yeah, they can live naturally in sort of uh, lakes and rivers that have a higher acidity content because there's some rivers and lakes that are oh, like yeah. highly acidic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah. like I, I believe it, like the acidity that they prefer is between like 2.3 and 3.5, somewhere around that, which is a very acidic environment. No, that, that's, that's the, um, the pH the pH, right. yeah. Sorry. Um, well, what I like about what are they called? They're they're not just um, like vinegar worms. They have a specific uh, name. Their scientific name is Terbatrix aceti. Oh, because they're in uh, acetic acid. Uh, yeah, that would make and sense. And they th- they come their from the Actobacter. Yes, uh, the Actobacter. Actobacter. The family or the I phylum. believe. Um, yes, uh, genus and species right. are, are Terbat- Terbatrix aceti. But what I was getting at is uh, they're not just called, like, vinegar worms. They specifically, like, their, their common name, what a lot of people call them, are vinegar, vinegar eels. Vinegar eels. Vinegar eels. Yeah. So they're, not like they're obviously a, not the size of what you would normally think of uh, when you think of an eel. Like a moray. Yeah, they're or, tiny. Yeah. Like, that would be a really big to stuff into a bottle of apple cider vinegar. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So, I mean... Uh, it'd be like a pickle punk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, with... Do people have to, I mean, m- m- most of the apple cider vinegars and vinegars in general are homogenized, processed, you know, pasteurized. That's the reason, because for, from what I learned um, today, and it was, it was kind of gross, actually, that when, when companies make vinegar, produce vinegar, mm-hmm. they have to pasteurize it to kill all of the nematodes that are living in it. Nice. So chances are that every time you eat vinegar, that vinegar once was the home of a ton of vinegar eels. Right. And so you had worms in your vinegar, vinegar at some point. Well, and Typically such, apple cider vinegar. Such as milk. You know, milk is the, is the See, same. See, I didn't know. <laughs> there's a, but there's a lot of natural bacteria in right, cows. Right, You know, with the four stomachs and all the stuff they eat, there right. is natural bacteria in there that is very harmful. Mm-hmm. Uh, to lots of, you know, animals and, and stuff like well, that. Well, the reason, these actually aren't harmful. I know I said that most nematodes are, are parasitic. These aren't. These are one of the okay. few that aren't. Uh, and they're perfectly okay to eat. You can eat a whole bowl of them if you want. <laughs> <laughs> with, 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 like, you sugar and milk. To, but, yeah, <laughs> so disgusting. From what I understood, um, nematode checks. Because it's frowned upon, and nobody wants to buy 
a, a bottle of vinegar with worms in it. <laughs> right. Right. What's well, like um, tequila, is right? Is the reason they pasteurize and kill them? Right. Of course. Just it's make more for, sanitary, more yeah, more sort uh, of psychological aspect. Less of gross. Less yeah, gross. Less quote unquote gross. <laughs> <laughs> right. But also, from what I understand, yeah, they if if you do swallow these um, these uh, these eels, right? Mm-hmm. These mm-hmm. vinegar eels, they go in you, they come out you. So they don't stay not in like you. Not like a tapeworm. They're yeah, just they're as happy. Yeah, they're at all. they're just as happy not to get out of you as you are for them to get out of you. Right. right. Okay. Wait. Hold <laughs> yeah. on. To get out of Cross them. that. Reverse it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're typically two to ten millimeters long, so they're kind of tiny. Yeah. They're fairly small. small. They are visible with the naked eye generally. They are. They are large enough that you can see them and like an inchworm. A, a little smaller, a oh, little bit smaller, like, like the, and uh, thinner, thinner the, than an the inchworm. larvae of a mosquito. I I I actually don't know what the mosquito yeah. larva looks yeah, like. Yeah, I would say prob- probably yeah. about that size. But they're they're fairly little, little. mosquito tadpoles. And they have a sort mm. of whip like. They move with a whip like motion. Most nematodes do. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's they true. do. <laughs> I think whipworms is actually another type of nematode. But um, they typically, more often than not, will live in the very top layer of the liquid. And that's to breathe. I would think so. It's yeah, ju- it's just so like they the can uh, mosquito get their larvae. oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, their bodies are adapted so that they can live perfectly in a highly acidic environment. Mm-hmm. And one of their favorite foods are the bacteria that produce apple cider vinegar. Nice, nice. So we shouldn't buy apple cider vinegar from some dude down the street making it in his backyard. Well, some people do. (laughs) Well, if it's it's boiled, that was something that I heated. (laughs) That is that is pasteurization. Right, that a temperature, yeah. So if they cook it, a high temperature would likely kill him. Right, right. I'm sure they're fragile to some extent. Most parasites in our foods, you know, that's why they say cook pork to this temperature, cook chicken to that temperature. It's to kill any and all bacteria, hopefully, you know. But I thought it was interesting that I looked up, like there was no information written about them until the 1600s. And obviously vinegar has existed for well longer than that, and Mm -hmm. scientists have existed for longer than that. Right. But because... People would typically keep vinegar in sort of opaque containers. Yeah. You just couldn't tell they were there. Oh, <laughs> People were nice. sort of eating them all the time and not realizing that they were in there because... But and, and if they're if not... You can, if you can... If they're in a clear bottle, you can hold it up to the light and you can see the shimmer of the line of them whipping around along right. the top right. line of the liquid. So because they kept them in clay pots or whatever, mm-hmm. they were just eating them and had no idea. Well, and if you said like... like well, like you said... Um, you can ingest them, mm-hmm. and they will happily Completely pass harmless. through. Completely harmless. Yep. That's probably why there wasn't a big giant uproar. You know, yeah. Yeah. Or... It was no like, oh no, because they didn't. Yeah, the they didn't get any sick. It'll hurt you. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't exactly. making anyone. Now, if it was, you know, botulism or oh yeah, that would... then people were like, oh, what's going right, on? Right. Right. There know? was no need to sort of panic about it. I think a lot of people don't even know to this day that. You know, when they eat vinegar. It was likely the home of tons of worms at some point. (laughs) Tons of worms. And that's the the thing also is that we wanted to have all these these, uh, fermented drinks here. Uh, with our with our vinegar in it before we before we uh, talked about the worms before we talked about the worms that we all probably <laughs> just ingested. Yes. So you know, so don't let that uh, dissuade you from making a switchel uh, or or a, or a shrub because they are delicious. I, just, uh, I just, honestly think that my local grocery store, uh, with buying a bottle of, of vinegar, uh, it has been pasteurized. 
Absolutely. I seriously, seriously doubt. You there are have... several actually like unfiltered, unpasteurized. Uh, of course, of course. Like you get health food stores and things that you Yeah, can organic buy. markets, Which stuff cool. like that. Yeah. You can buy the organic, naturally made vinegars. Yes. Yeah. But I'm saying, you know, Joe Average going and buying a bottle of vinegar, probably not going to have worms in it. Yeah. Right. Probably. Generally. And probably. now nowadays people <laughs> will actually buy them and cultivate them. The worms? They will because they're an incredible fish food. So if you really? want to feed baby betas that aren't quite... Uh-huh. Because, I don't know, I think a lot of people think it's sort of less healthy to use the dry fish flakes for newborns. Mm-hmm. They have like a higher mortality rate for baby fish. Right. right. Feeding them dry food. So... And it's a free food source. I mean, you buy it once and you can just continue to, to keep cultivating them. Right, right. And oh. you can just, yeah, feed your fish with them. Nice. Yeah. Gross. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Gross. Here, fish, have some parasites. <laughs> well, they're not parasites. That's the whole thing. But they are uh, vinegar eels. And uh, to fish, they're delicious. Uh, to humans, we don't really <laughs> care or we shouldn't, even though they're just squiggling right on down your throat. Yeah. But Amazing. either way, how much bacteria and crazy stuff you ingest every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, <laughs> speaking of, and I just wanted to mention this, that I, I read, I don't remember the exact number, but it was like for every, like, square inch of sand along a beach there's some insane number of like parasitic nematodes that live in that amount of sand mm-hmm. yeah so i thought that that was pretty insane i don't want to get the ocean now <laughs> just pour vinegar on them yeah yeah you'll be good so all right well guys um i think that's about it huh yeah i'm almost done with all of my drinks yeah uh <laughs> And you're going to keep devouring those nuts. Uh, the boiled peanuts, they're yeah. delicious. I you, think they're you, almost gone. Yeah, I'm, you made I'm a halfway dent. Th- I'm halfway through them now. Yeah, yeah you made a dent. Yeah, halfway through a nice, nice, uh, good-sized can. So, <laughs> but um, uh, Joe, I just, you brought a little bit of uh, candied fennel. Yes, oh. I did. And um, you want to uh, just top it off for the night? Sure. You know, we'll do a little, little candied fennel. Just to finish it off. Here you go, Dana. Yeah, Take a little you. bit of that. Thank you. And uh, I'm really excited. And uh, this is a little breath freshener, you know. Not I mean? really. <laughs> well, it's like yeah. a licorice flavor. Exactly. It's very licorice very fennel So, but um, <laughs> Dana's mm. face is priceless. It's like absinthe. Yeah, it's like a licorice flavor. Yeah, kind of like a little absinthe. But mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. This gets me uh, excited for our next alcohol episode that mm-hmm. I really want to do. I, eventually, we're going to get to uh, the absinthe. Uh, one of these recipes. So, mm-hmm. Mentioned putting a dash of absinthe in. I just didn't have any on me. Yeah. So was it for um, a switchel? I would imagine it would it be was a for switchel. A shrub. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, an absinthe shrub. Well, no, a dash of absinthe in your shrub sauce, to, your to, shrub syrup to flavor it. It was it was kind of a flavoring shrub, sauce. but it also supposedly helps kind of dull out some of that vinegar to mellow it out. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I, uh, we're gonna throw a bunch of stuff up on the uh, on the site, recipes and stuff. Go try some of these. These are really, really good drinks. I I really, really enjoyed all of these drinks that we had. And, and you think it's such a weird thing to, to have vinegar mm-hmm. in a drink. Like, that's going to be so bizarre. But it's really not. It's just no. kind of adding extra flavor. It's adding that bite. Mm-hmm. You know, it goes along with that ginger bite that we had in the Schwitzel. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, if you like ginger beers, if you like... Sour beers, um, if you like sort of like fruit, punchy, 
cocktail type drinks, mm -hmm. you will like these. I think so too. And I also want to mention there's a few uh, commercially available switchels. So there, you know, I believe there, I found about, I think three of them. Mm -hmm. So it's starting to come into popular culture. So it's starting to, to, to come back around where people mm -hmm. are starting to sell it. And of course they're gonna sell it out of mason jars. Yes, oh. yeah. but um, I've also seen at our local Asian market, mm -hmm. uh, drinkable vinegar. I don't know what the difference is. Hmm. I would think it'd be diluted. I, I believe it probably. is. I believe it is, is a little more diluted, but it's drinkable vinegar. And I think it's because it's, you know, the, the Asian culture, it's more of the medicinal yeah. side of it. Mm -hmm. But they flavor it with, you know, melon so or So it berries. has flavors. Oh. Yeah. So it's... It's probably it, just like a shrubber switch. Exactly. So you could probably go to your local Asian market, find this, you know, uh, uh, drinkable vinegar, and use that as a shrub substitute. Yeah. Start it out. Yeah. Throw yeah. a little bit of, like, a... Uh, 70-year-old gin in it, and I think you'll be good to go. 300-year-old gin. It is, it is pre-1965. That's what we figured out. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty amazing. It's, uh, Turpentine. 32 to 65. Yeah. Turpentine. <laughs> All right, guys. Like... Well, uh, I guess this, this comes to the end. And uh, thank you, Curiosos, and thank you, uh, Dana Mae Valida Scarborough-Berkman. Thank for uh, for the third for coming along and yes. uh, and having some drinks with us and talking about vinegar eels. Mm -hmm. They're my favorite. <laughs> I feel like they're under my skin right now. They yeah, I'm kind of itchy. I'm a little <laughs> itchy. itchy. I'm gonna slap some of the switchel on my legs. I think, I think just, these mosquitoes uh, are, are really getting to me. Yeah, I use this gin as a skin astringent. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're out of here. All right, see ya. Bye. Hey, is there any topics that you want us to cover? Anything that you want to talk to us about or let us know about? Email us, feedback at thecurioso.com. Our Facebook, facebook.com backslash thecuriosopodcast. We tweet at curiosopodcast. And if you have any five-star reviews you'd like to give us on iTunes, please feel free. Donkey Kong. Ew. So gross. It's awesome. <laughs> Just, it makes it worse that you have to make this noise this while it's you're eating slurpy it. It's the slurpy slurp. Look, oh, look at this peanut. Look how big oh, that thing is. Oh. All right. This thing's huge. <laughs>